Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're going to Jackson. Right? The Jackson, is that the song? Yeah, the Johnny Cash song. We're going to Jackson, Mississippi with Naomi Taylor. And just a little bit, ladies, 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 you don't need big promises. You just need results, right? Well, Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer contains only the best ingredients for your skin. It doesn't contain unnecessary ingredients that may cause you further skin issues. Specifically formulated, the Retinol Moisturizer helps reduce the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles by making the skin appear younger, softer, and smoother. A powerful combination of antioxidants like vitamins A, C, B5, and E fight premature aging by blocking the DNA-damaging free radicals and promoting softness and elasticity. It contains natural ingredients like aloe vera, jojoba oil, rose water, sunflower oil, which are all great for alleviating a variety of skin conditions. It's Simple Beauty Retinol Moisturizer. It's available at simplebeautyskincare.com. Simplebeautyskincare.com. It simply works. Now, when I read a commercial like this and I look at somebody like Naomi Taylor, I'm like, why am I doing this? Because you look like you're about 12 years old, you know? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> and, and, and bear in mind, this is audio only. So people don't get to see what I see. But seriously, you look like you're very, very young. And here I am doing a skincare commercial. <laughs> it's just kind of funny to me. So uh, tell us about Naomi. Tell us about Jackson. Tell us about you and your singing and songwriting. And do you play the violin or fiddle? I do not. Okay, because there's in one of the songs we're going to hear, there's a, well, a violin or fiddle, depending on who you're talking to. Like if you're playing, a friend of mine told me once, if you're playing classical music, you're playing a violin. If you're playing bluegrass, you're playing a fiddle. Yeah, there is a distinction. Um, And the song that you're talking about, it's actually a cello. Oh, it is. Okay, pretty. It's really pretty. And it's really cool how you use that in that song. We'll talk about that when we get closer to that. But right now, let's talk about you. So are you from Jackson originally, Naomi? I'm not. I'm actually from Loosedale, Mississippi, which is closer to the coast, close enough to say that we're part of the coast, but uh-huh. not close enough to see the water. Oh, <laughs> were you hit by the, the uh, hurricanes? We were, actually, yeah. 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 Our we home read- was destroyed. Oh, it was. Oh, my gosh. My my daughter did work down in the Ninth Ward in uh, Louisiana after Katrina. Now, was it Katrina that hit you guys or was another... It was a different hurricane that wiped you guys out, wasn't it? Or was it Katrina, also Katrina? Katrina in 2005. It hit was us. Katrina. Okay. We, uh, ironically, ironically, it's that time of year. It's holiday season. So we watch these Christmas in movies, you know, Christmas in Dixie, Christmas in Connecticut, Christmas in Maine. And we watched uh, Christmas in Mississippi last night. And it took place in Biloxi. Really? Yeah. And and the big theme about the whole thing was how the city rebuilt itself and came back to life after getting wiped out by Katrina. So you lost your home. How how devastating was that? Um, we were able to repair it, so we didn't completely lose it. Okay. Um, but it did the the hurricane damaged it pretty badly. Um and we lived with my grandparents in the time that we we were repairing it, but we eventually moved into a different house. Yeah, yeah. Anything of personal uh, value that you lost in that storm that you wish you had back? Surprisingly, no. 
Oh, okay. We didn't, we didn't um, take any big loss. Uh-huh. So what I run into with musicians a lot is like, well, you know, my my Strat was in there, or I, you know, I had my Fender in there. I had my Alvarez Yari was in there. You know, I lost that. My grandpa's vintage trombone was in there. Whatever. That's what I heard from musicians. You know, when they had a fire, they had a flood. They had we had a lot of floods up here in Vermont this year. You know, that's that. I was waiting. Like I'm going to ask the question, but I don't want to hear the answer. So I'm glad everything worked out well. So uh, you you do look exceedingly young. So I'm going to ask how long you've been performing music, how long you've been playing music, and how long you've been doing it, like, commercially. Okay, yes. I've been playing guitar for about 16 years. Uh I'm 23 years old right now. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You're you're one of those kid players, huh? (laughs) Yes. I'm completely self-taught. I've been playing guitar as long as I can remember. My dad played guitar my um my mom's father played guitar mm-hmm. and we actually didn't meet him until i was about 12 years old oh really he passed away the um this past year and mm-hmm. i drove 11 hours to go pick up his guitar and it's what i play to this day is his oh, guitar what is it what's the guitar it is a martin mm-hmm. uh gpcpa6 i believe uh-huh. It could Sounds go nice. twelve hundred or something, but it's the best sounding guitar that I've ever played. Yeah, how many other guitars do you own? I own three other guitars. Uh huh. Think. All acoustic. Um. No, I own a Taylor GS Mini Koa Wood acoustic. Uh huh. And then I own a Fender Stratocaster, and then I own an Ibanez Jet King. Really. I don't see you as a rocker. I don't see oh, you as yeah. a country singer either. I, in listening to your style, and, and we'll talk about this a little bit, listening to your style, the first person, the second person I said, who do you, who do people see you sound like was who I guessed. Because I think you sound a lot like Jewel. And I get thinking, really, there's a pretty strong Stevie Nicks influence in there too. There's a little raspiness in your voice sometimes. It sounds like Stevie. It's pretty cool. Surprisingly, I never listened to Stevie Nicks or Jewel until my 20s, which was only a couple years ago. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. So who was your influence and who's your style that you liked the most that you listened to? When I was growing up, um, my dad would always listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan and Tab Benoit and more blues rock Mm -hmm. artists. And then my mom listened to hip hop and rap. So funny. I had a a wide range of influences. Who did Naomi listen to when she had access to her own music? What did she listen to? A little bit of everything. I still would listen to say like 50 Cent and Eminem, but I would also listen to um, Aerosmith and the Beatles and newer bands like Paramore and the Oh Hellos and a, a, a bunch of random artists that have no correlation with each other. Uh-huh. Who uh who in the family, I guess it was family member, maybe not, but who in the family really promoted or supported you and pushed you to go out and start performing? Or was it you? I, I would say everyone kind of supported a little bit. And I think my family really thought it was just a phase or a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, until I started playing at festivals and winning awards and doing it full time. Yeah. And that's when they really realized, oh, she's she's serious about she's this. She's actually serious about this, yeah. 
what was the uh you remember your very first paying gig or not I, even paying gig just your first public gig my first gig was an event called old fashioned in hurley mississippi mm-hmm. they had it at their city park where they just set up some food booths and a small stage and i just sang 45 minutes of covers um did you I was so nervous, I forgot the words to almost every song. <laughs> what songs do you did you sing? Do you remember a couple of them? I sang Life by the Drop by Stevie Ray. And oh, then, that's a great song. And I sang Titanium by David Guetta and just a bunch of, like, All Summer Long by Kid Rock. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, if you play All Summer Long, then you can also play Werewolves of London and Sweet Home Alabama because it's the same rhythmic patterns, same chord progression, can, you know, everything. So we used to <laughs> mosh those together when I was in a band. We'd, we'd do one into the other into the other, and then we'd end up with Sweet Home because we did a lot of, we played a lot of Skinner anyway. Uh, that's just something good to know in the background. If you're, if you're in the middle of all summer long, you forgot the words, just start singing Werewolves of London <laughs> or Sweet Home <laughs> Alabama, you're covered. Yeah. You know, people think you're a genius. <laughs> it's so right. interesting how many songs you can mash up because yeah. of the same chord structure or the same, or even different. You can go from a D major to a D minor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I do at live gigs now is I'll go from what I got by Sublime straight into Feel Like Making Love a Bad Company. Yeah, yeah. Straight into Come Together by the Beatles because they're all, they all start with D. So that's right. You can do that. It's really fun. There's a, on YouTube, there's a, a comedy group, it's a trio from Great Britain. And they start off with a don't stop believing. But they said, we, the reason we've never, we've been playing music for like 25 years, but the reason we've never had a hit is we've never used the magic chords. And the magic chords are the four chords that are in like every song, you know, the, uh, oh, what's the Bob Marley song? Everybody was, uh, don't worry, be happy, or every little thing is going to be all right or something like that, you know, but it's all, it's just, just and then the guys playing keyboards are just going do, 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 do. Hardly changing anything through the whole thing. And they just went from song into song. And I think they end up doing about 14 different songs with that same pattern and same chord structure. It's very hard to do that now without yeah. a lawsuit. Without a lawsuit. That's right. <laughs> Call Ed Sheeran. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so when did you start writing? Did you start writing as soon as you started playing? Like, have you been writing since you were seven? Yes. Um, <laughs> I had this. I had this friend named Carol and she would come over and we would just write in my little journal and make up songs. And I didn't write my first official song until I was 16. Uh Um, And it's just been a snowball effect ever since. And I've just been writing more and more and my songwriting process and style has developed greatly over the years. What is your style or Uh, process? Let's go with process. What is your process? Okay, um, it, it does change from song to song, so sometimes it'll start with lyrics, and I'll, I'll get this, these lyrics in my head, so I'll write them down, and I'll base the song off of that. Um, recently, it's been more guitar-based. I've sat down with my guitar and uh-huh. um, come up with this melody on the guitar and added words to it. And it's almost second nature now. I can play something and immediately start singing. And it just flows. Yeah. 
how do you look i know a lot of musicians will do this we'll come up with a, a progression we'll just say it's like a c b a c b a c b and it's got a certain tone to it how do you learn to differentiate your melody to not be the same notes as what you're playing you know that has to be in the chord but how do you not have the da 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 because that's the chord pattern how do you make that not the melody how do you have a contra melody that goes well with that how do, where does that come from um from my experience i've yeah. had to be very open with being weird and just okay. being open to messing up because you're not uh -huh. When you're writing and you're trying to just find every note in that key, you're going to sing out of key at least at one point. Yeah. So to be open enough and okay with sounding not so great every time, um, it kind of crosses that barrier of self-consciousness and mm -hmm. crosses the that whole realm of fear, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, I'd say just being open to trying the oddball ideas. And once you get them all out there on the table, then you can mix and match and you can create this melody that kind of combats the guitar melody, but still goes with it in harmony. Dare to make the mistake, dare to be great. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the fun things I like about this podcast is when artists like you send me songs. And I look at the title and I'm like, oh, under pressure. I wonder how she's covering Bowie on this. Because what really got me was like the Civil War's Billie Jean. If you listen to this podcast, you'll hear me talk about that a lot. How they took that song, a Michael Jackson song, and turned it just incredibly around. And since then, there's several other artists that I've learned have done that as well with other songs. But that was like my big eye-opening experience. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, wow, what is she going to do with under pressure? And so far, every single time it's been their own version of a song that just happens to have the same title. Thus is the case yes. with Under Pressure. So tell us about Under Pressure. What came up with that or who, how you came up with that and how that evolved. Was that a music first and then a lyric thing or the other way around? I want to say it was the same time. Uh -huh. um, when I wrote this song, I was very much into playing in the key of open E major. Mm -hmm. So I came up with this chord progression that I wrote in a different song and sat down. I was working at a church camp at the time in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi. Uh -huh. And I was, I had a break. So I went back to my cabin and I just wrote this song about a crush I had on this boy. And my, my roommate, my cabin mate, she came back and um, into the cabin and I showed it to her. And she was just, oh my gosh, that's such a good song. Uh -huh. Which I thought it was the cheesiest song I could have ever written. <laughs> um, How, then you were 16. So, you know, 16 and already yeah. criticizing yourself with words like cheesy. You got to love that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was a fairly easy song to write. Um, yeah. It happened in the matter of like 45 minutes. It oh, was wow. Um, and, and I disagree with the song, by the way, because I perform extremely better under pressure. <laughs> when I'm under enough, the gun I and I get a deadline. <laughs> but I think that that's a line in your song, right? That that you don't do well under pressure. That's I think I didn't at the time. And now that I'm older and I've learned how to handle the pressure. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much pressure is on me. I'm going to do my best. That's awesome.
Well, with that, we're going to hear one of your best and a song called Under Pressure with our guest today, Naomi Taylor from Jackson, Mississippi. This isn't what I expected Didn't want to fall for you Wasn't part of my plan Then I ran into you Caught in a whirlwind of thoughts And they're all about you Do you feel this too? from Jackson, Mississippi. Our guest today on the Music of America podcast is Naomi Taylor. We'll talk to Naomi again about another one of her songs called Friend Like That. You know, it's really simple. You buy Kitty's litter box, you open the box, place litter in the box, introduce the box to your cat. When the cat has done their business for about a month or so, you close the box and you throw it away. That's it. Just close the box. Grab the handle of this biodegradable box and throw it away. It's perfect for traveling for your favorite feline. It's affordable. It's convenient. And that's the one thing I really didn't like about cats. And I don't know how it became my job, but I hated having to clean the litter box. Well, if Kitty's litter box were around 20 years ago, who knows? Maybe I would still have cats. Kitty's litter box, all lowercase, kittieslitterbox.com, kittieslitterbox.com. Order today. It's perfect. 
And our guest is young Naomi Taylor, not Jewel, who I thought she sounded like. I'm going to do that. I mentioned this off camera. I'm going to do this, I think, at Christmas time. I'm going to play a game called Name That Artist with my family. We get together either at Thanksgiving or Christmas. And I'll play different songs and say, is this Jewel, Stevie Nicks, or Naomi Taylor? And they'll say, well, I don't know who Naomi Taylor is, so I'm going to go with Jewel. And then I'll, I'll say, nope, it was Naomi Taylor. I got, I got a, a guy that was on, sounds like Bob Dylan, who was really signing. He doesn't even know he sounds like Dylan, but he talked about how much of an influence Dylan is. I said, well, dude, listen to yourself sing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> your, your stepmom, you said, right? Yes. How, how old are the stepkids? My stepkids are seven and three. Uh-huh. Do they give you a source of inspiration for songwriting? They do. I, um, I'm actually working on a full-length album currently, oh, wow. uh-huh. and one of the songs, yes, yeah, one of the songs on it is called High Ride, and it's talking about the craziness of all of the fairy tales and the folklore in today's world. Um, and the the kids actually inspired me through that with their fairy tales and the unicorns and the princesses. Yeah. And but they're both girls. So it's fairy tales all day long. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. <laughs> uh, the, the next song, well, all of these songs, these sound very well produced. Did you do this in a studio or did you do it in your own studio or what? I did them in a studio. Mm-hmm. So the, the song that we heard previously, Under yeah. Pressure, that was produced at a Jackson native um, studio called Crown Studio in the heart of Jackson. It was very, very fun. Was that your first time in a studio? Actually, yes. That was the first um uh-huh experience i had with recording in a professional studio tell me about that experience tell me about that first experience like were you nervous it was magical really yeah it was yeah it was very fun it was very um nerve-wracking and relaxing at the same at the same time Mm -hmm. Um, the producer that produced that particular song um as well as one that we'll hear later called take care um it was very laid back and very heart to heart. And he, that producer at that studio loves to connect with um, his clients so he can feel the song better to produce it. Uh-huh. So it's very fun. I've heard uh, so many good stories about those kinds of producers. That's, that's who I want to work with. If I were ever to be a producer, I want to be that guy that makes you feel so special that you walk out of there thinking, Stevie Nicks got nothing on me, you know? <laughs> uh jewel's got nothing on me they can aspire to be the next naomi you know that's what i would like that's how i would want to be a producer and i've heard horror stories about guys that have walked out of there ready to strangulate the guy that they that just produced them or ready to throw things at each other like you know you got shouting matches and stuff I'm like man that's a studio i do not want to talk about and i do not want to go there but you didn't have that experience that's wonderful yeah and i actually no longer work with that studio but I work with a different studio that produced the song that we're about to hear. Uh-huh. And it's a completely different vibe, completely different um, atmosphere in the studio that I'm currently working with. How so? Just different um, uh, different emotions that go on and different inspirations and different ways of working. Every studio is different. Every song is different, so every studio is different, right? Yes, but I'm, I'm very excited working with this this new studio, it's called Eternal Beyond in Richland, Mississippi, off of Highway 49. What's and that by? What is that near town-wise? Is it near Biloxi? Is it near Jackson? Oh, Gulf Richland, Port? it's in between 
Jackson and Florence, Mississippi. When when we were kids, the reason I ask, when we were kids, we used to drive to uh, Tampa every other year from St. Louis. And we would go through, sometimes we'd go through Alabama, some, usually we went through Mississippi though. You know, and, and so I know of different towns because we would stop and have lunch at this place or stay at this hotel. And Mississippi was always a good stopping point for us. And then I got into the blues and I've been all about Delta music, you know. <laughs> Has the blues been an influence on you since you're right there in the heart of it? I mean, other than your dad's West, like the West Texas sound of Stevie Ray. I mean, it's pretty powerful. But um, other than my dad's taste of music, no, yeah. I've been more of a rock girl. Yeah. Uh, in blues we didn't listen to a lot of blues with my parents and i just i don't have a blues voice and i don't have blues guitar skills right right well that can play the blues i applaud because i just cannot i'm more of a rock artist uh -huh. all around so ever uh everything performing with your dad i actually have this dream that he does not know about okay but well, then we won't tell anybody but just you and me right here okay well, it's, it's fine. Um, <laughs> my, my plan is for when my dad retires from his job, he's been working his butt off his whole life, um, traveling. He, he's worked in Alaska, Africa. Oh my goodness. He worked all over the U S. Um, and my plan is when he retires, I'm going to bring him on stage wherever I have a show and we're going to play. Wholehearted by Extreme. Oh, fun. That's one of our favorite songs yeah. together. And um, I just want to share that moment with my dad, wherever that may be. That's cool. So you're young enough to still have big aspirations. What are your big aspirations as a, as a performing artist? Well, um, I'm making the transition from a solo artist to a full band. Oh. Um, so I have a band backing me currently and, they are the best musicians I've ever worked with. They're amazing. Did they adopt a name like Taylor Made or something like that? Uh, no. We're currently um, just working under Naomi Taylor. Uh -huh. um, okay. Since it's all of my songs and, right, and stuff. Right. But we've been writing a lot together. So we're thinking of maybe a new band name. And I think that might be the direction we're going in. How exciting. How but big is the band? How many pieces? There's four pieces. Uh -huh. And so, are you playing on as well, or are you just singing only? Or so I play rhythm, electric guitar, and sing. Mm -hmm. And actually, my fiance is my guitar player. Oh, is he? How fun! <laughs> yes. So he plays lead guitar and he sings harmony. And then we have a bass player and a drummer. Well, I, now watch this segue. This is going to knock you out. With a friend like that, you guys should get married. <laughs> we will. <laughs> And so that was my segue into the next song, Friend Like That. Is it about him or is it about uh, another friend? It is not about him. Okay. You want to tell me about it? Tell who yes. Yeah. Um, so I actually had this friend group who I bent over backwards for. I, I did a lot to prove my loyalty to these friends um, that ended up not being my friends in return. And so, so they were very uh, dismissive and hurtful. And mm -hmm. um, no matter how much effort I put into the friendship, it was just not reciprocated at all. 
So I sat down in my apartment floor and I wrote this song um, from my like frustration with those people. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a calling out song, I guess, without dropping the names. But, <laughs> uh, this is my diss track. <laughs> there you go. So we all have those and we're going to hear yours. Naomi Taylor is our guest today on the Music of America podcast from Jackson, Mississippi. And we're going to hear her next song called Friend Like That. I'm
Naomi Taylor from Jackson, Mississippi, and a song called Friend Like That. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll get back with Naomi and talk a little bit more in just a moment. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, and most interesting and fun live music show to hit the scene in 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for recognition and awards. Whether you're new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Here's how it works. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for that same song. So let's say, for an example, they send out a list of songs, and one of those songs is Edge of Seventeen by Stevie Nicks. And Naomi says, oh, man, I would love to sing that song. And I'm like, I would love to play guitar on that song. And then John says, I've always wanted to play the drums on that song. And then somebody else comes in and says, I'd like to sing backup vocals on that song. So we all learn our parts individually. And then when Flash Jam comes to town, we'll say at the do drop in or whatever, we all show up. We've never met each other. But then they call up and say, okay, who's doing uh, Edge of 17? We all stand up, we go up on stage, and we run through our song together. That's how we do it. And so we we share that same passion for that same song. Also, existing bands are featured. So a band might go up there and decide that they're going to play a song, kind of like a band karaoke thing. The audience is involved by participating, by voting on their favorite musical combination. So it could be our version of Edge of 17. It could be that Modern Vintage came up and just did a, a version of Down on the Corner. Whatever it is, they vote on it. And if you win, you win prizes. But you also have fun playing music with other musicians. It's all there. Flash Jam. It's in Colorado. Coming soon to a market near you. Flash Jam. Welcome to the show. Doesn't that sound fun? It does sound very fun. I think it would be great. What song would you pick if there was a, a list of random songs? What song would you like to go up and sing with a bunch of strangers and just kick it? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, I think Call Me by Blondie would be so fun. Oh, my God. You do have a Debbie Harry to you, don't you? Yeah, I can see that. That would be fun. And uh, you don't, uh, but, and you don't aspire to be a great guitar player. You, you play guitar, but you're not a, a, like a big guitarist, right? I, I play guitar. I mainly play acoustic. I've just uh -huh. recently switched over to electric, so I'm not. Um, so, so this slash. is your vocal. Yeah, you're not <laughs> slash. You're, you're, you're known more as a vocalist. Not, people are going to say, yeah, well, we went and saw Naomi Taylor. You should have seen her shred on. <laughs> They're going to say, no, did you hear the song she wrote uh, about, you know, about her friends, like friend like that, you know, something that's that's what you want people to take away from there. Right. Yeah. Pretty cool. So uh, tell us a little bit more about the band. Are are you in rehearsal now? Are you already booking shows for 24? Or is that something that's going to happen? Or just messing we, around with it right now? Yeah, we, um, we're currently practicing. We're currently rehearsing. We're, we're recording an album. Um, we're already opening for bands. We just opened for a band called The Weeks in uh -huh. October. And they're an indie rock band based in Mississippi that they got signed to Kings of Leon label a couple years back. And they're a fantastic band that we got the pleasure to open up for. How fun. And so we're playing as much as we can. We're booking festivals for 2024 um, as much as we can. Yeah. We'd love to travel outside of Mississippi. If we can well, afford uh, it, because yeah. Gas well, is so hard. <laughs> have you done road work? 
you personally doing solo work have you done road work have you gone what's the furthest you've traveled so far um furthest i've traveled i think would be nashville oh did you okay yes i played at the hard rock in nashville on broadway how fun how was that it was very fun it was my first time in nashville or singing in nashville or anything like that Uh um the server said i was the best that they've heard on broadway which is a pretty good compliment that's really good yeah so i mean you can play at nashville at my basement you know and say oh yeah yeah, i played in nashville you know (laughs) but that's pretty cool you played at the hard rock on broadway that's really cool yeah how how many acts were playing that night uh it was just me oh no kidding wow i played played in the dining room so it wasn't like it was just a standard gig yeah have you uh without naming names have you done a show that you walked away said never again yes so many times oh really (laughs) yes either the the venue wasn't what they had promised to be or the pay wasn't as promised or um i've driven hours which was probably my fault for not preparing anyways um but Mm -hmm. if a venue promises they have equipment or they have a pa and they have a sound man but then when you get there after driving for hours and there's nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little frustrating, but yeah, there's been several places and events that have asked me to come play. And then it just was not what they had promised it to be. And are there certain venues you will not play? Yes. There's a couple of venues in my area that oh, you mean like, a sp- I meant like in general, like I won't play nursing homes. I won't do barns. I won't do coffee shops or whatever um no i wouldn't say that i I play a little bit of everything everywhere Uh, every type of venue as long as people are wanting to hear music i'll play on the street it doesn't matter yeah have you done that i have and that's fun i think that is that's so much fun you sit there with a bucket or you know your guitar case open up um you mentioned the civil wars yeah 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 are you familiar with the rest of their music uh, yeah, actually, I've got a, a picture of mine with uh, John uh, John Paul. Uh, he came played here, and we oh, wow. waited around afterwards and got our picture taken with him. And I've been trying to track Joy Williams down because I'd love to uh, see what she's up to now. Because you also there was a song, I, th- I think it's on the next one, Take Care, where you sort of sound like Joy Williams. And I thought, really? yeah, yeah. The you brought that up. <laughs> are, yeah, the Civil Wars are definitely one of my influences when it comes to songwriting and harmonies and um i i was so sad when they when they broke up yeah don't, don't i'm gonna start crying <laughs> oh, I know. um my fiance and i he songwrites and sings and plays guitar and everything uh-huh. so this is in the works but we are um we're gonna be debuting our duo it's called yeah it's called whispering trees and it's in an attempt to fill the void that the civil wars left when they broke up oh that's pretty cool picking up their gauntlet so to speak right yes so we have an insane amount of chemistry and the way that we songwrite together and we can do it at home in the middle of the night so yeah yeah um and get the girls to get the girls to sing and you can have a quartet right What's so, uh? What's your favorite uh, 
Civil War's song harmony wise? Um, maybe Poison and Wine is one of my favorites. But yeah, I could I could do a show of an hour easily with anybody about the Civil Wars. I'll I'll just tell you this story. It was really funny. My daughter years ago when she was in high school was telling me about this this uh, duet that you know, whatever I mentioned it in one ear and out the other. So I'm at home one night and I'm channel surfing. I turn on Austin City Limits and she came walking in the door and I'm like, shh, 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 come here, watch these guys. And they were doing Billie Jean. And she looks at me and she goes, Dad. It's the Civil Wars. I told you about them. <laughs> I was mesmerized. I was so caught up because, you know, she had told me about them. And I said, yeah, yeah. And I sampled something and it didn't do anything for me. But then I started watching them and just how they interweave their, the tone of their voices. And one will do a desk cant, one will sing a melody, the other will, and then it just switches on the fly. It's so amazing. Such a talent. So can you guys pull that off, you think? It's tough. It is very tough, um, especially when you're having to write your own harmony and not just listen yeah. to the scores and learn theirs. Well, do you both read music? No. Um, so I actually used to play flute in high school. Oh. So I can read treble clef. I can read that kind of music. But um, he is completely just, he can play by ear. He's a musical genius. Uh-huh. Um, best guitar player in Mississippi, hands down. Um, have to get him on the show next season. <laughs> yes, that would be awesome. But well, maybe we'll have your duet on by then too. Yeah. Fun. Well, let's talk about your last song here. Take care. Yeah. And uh, was that? Does he collaborate with you on your songs now? Like all the songs that we're listening to today? Did he help on any of those? Um, all of the songs that we listen to today um, have been older songs. Okay. So Take Care was released in 2022, I believe, but it was it was written almost two years ago. Um, so he did not collaborate on those, but in the album that we're working on with the whole band, he has co-written almost every one of them. So Really? And so tell us about Take Care. What's this about? Take Care is about um, a... It's it's almost about having to grieve the loss of a friendship um, without that person actually like being dead or anything. They just you just don't talk. And so I had this best friend in college um, and we loved each other and we were best friends. And then like a flip of the switch, a snap of a finger, it was completely gone. Wow. And um, to this day, still have not talked to that person and they have not said a word to me. And just having the memories come up every now and then yeah. and having to grieve the loss of that friendship and that, that person because um, they're living their own life now and they're happy mm -hmm. and I'm happy. But having those memories come up, it made me so angry. And I was so frustrated yeah. that I couldn't just say, hey, do you remember this? Or, hey, remember that time when we did that? Or anything like that. You just have to grieve by yourself. So um, it's a closure song. Yes, it was very much a closure song. I wrote it. I recorded it. I released it and forgot about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it's it, like I, I got it out of my system and then it was gone. 
um we perform it with the band because it's a phenomenal song yeah um now to make it a really good hallmark movie is <laughs> she'll hear that song and call you or interview you on her podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny well the song is called take care our guest naomi taylor from jackson mississippi let's give it a listen to expire Like an old jug of milk or a license plate Don't you think it's time to throw them out I want to throw them all in the fire No, I won't miss the days where my love was dumped down by the ten million ways you may
Naomi Taylor, our guest here in the Music of America podcast. Naomi, it's been fun. And this is the last section of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. We've talked a little bit about what's coming up in 24. I'm really excited for you. You've got a band now. You're going to be working on your duet. What about CDs? How do we support you? Where do we get your merch? How do we get your music, et cetera? Tell us about that. Naomi, yeah, NaomiTaylorMusic.com. You can find all of my music, all of my music videos. You can find all of my upcoming shows, all of my merchandise, which another shameless plug, all of my merchandise is handmade by me and my fiance. We have a screen. So everything that you receive when you buy from our, from our website is handmade and hand packaged by me. How about that? Yes. So you can find all of it, our social media. You can keep up with us. Naomi Taylor music. You can find it everywhere. And you're on all the socials, I guess, TikTok, YouTube. TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh-huh. Is there one you don't use? <laughs> I'm uh, sure there's some out there. <laughs> I don't use the Twitter I, I, or the X or whatever it's right. called. I, I look forward to having you on next season, if yes. you would. Consider this. If you guys get things going with the band, you get a C- Is a CD coming out with you guys 2024? Yes. Um, it should. I think we're looking around August. Okay. Um, we don't have a specific date yet that will be released on the website as well um join our mailing list on the website uh-huh. you scroll to the bottom of naomitaylormusic.com join our mailing list and you can stay up to date with um, merchandise coupons or um release dates special inside info all of the above all that stuff Sounds wonderful. Naomi, it's been a lot of fun. Appreciate you coming on the show and good luck to you in 2024 and good luck on that duet. We need a new civil wars. Yes. And I mean that musically, not politically. (laughs) Naomi Taylor, our guest today on the Music of America podcast. Up next, we'll be wrapping up our visit to Mississippi with Christina Alford. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.